On this episode of Streaming with the Spartan Life, we're tackling Last Fall's Frozen 2, which is now streaming on Disney+. Plus, and we have some very special guests with us to tackle a children's movie. Mr. Hal, who have you brought with you today? Oh, I brought my two young ladies. They'll introduce themselves. Can you say hi, girls? Uh, hi. I have to say hi. My name is... My name is... Evelyn. Are you, sure? Are you sure about that? Are you sure? You sounded a little confused. Are you sure your name is Evelyn? Okay. Yes, she's nodding. All right. And I'm sorry, I cut off uh, Mr. Howe's older daughter. Introduce yourself, older daughter. Hi, my name is Madeline. Thanks for joining us, Madeline. I have brought Lorelai, my daughter, with me. Say hi, Lorelai. Hi. And uh, we were talking a little bit before this podcast started, before I hit record, and I realized that I'm the only one on this call who doesn't like Frozen 2. So this could get awkward and uncomfortable. Yeah, you're outnumbered, um, as you often are. Yes, is often the case. I'm usually the minority opinion. Um, my problem with this movie overall is that it's not fun. It lacks the joy and wonder of the first one in favor of, like, this exploration of existential dread. It's dark. We, those are big words for the little ladies that are here with us there, Mr. Stagna. That's why I closed with, it's dark. They understand that. You guys feel this is a darker, more serious movie than the first one? I, I, think, I think that too. But yeah. I still that they find joy in some parts of it. Uh-huh. But I do agree that the other one is, like, I don't know. Yeah, it's way darker. There's much more dark parts. Yeah. A lot of dark parts. And we open with Olaf worrying that nothing is permanent. As he's growing up, he's trying to figure out what is the meaning of life. I'm like, whoa, whoa, you're the look out for my butt guy. Like, what? <laughs> That's right. And all of the things that they're talking about in that song about lasting forever are not lasting forever. The, the pumpkin turns into seeds. The wall that's there forever falls down. The tree that the guy's painting cut right down. So things that are supposed to be there forever are, in fact, separated, going away. Yeah, and then Olaf's playing the game uh, when things take a turn and uh, their kingdom is in peril. He's playing a game with the kids. And he calls the game controlling what you can when everything's out of control, <laughs> which that hit a little close to home in the middle of this pandemic when we have control over virtually nothing. Well, but isn't that the overarching theme of the entire movie is all of these things are changing and even the ending completely separates the kingdom. I mean, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, I think, but the whole movie is about this big, huge change that has to happen. Yeah. That makes sense. It's just, uh, it's a tough hang for a while there, getting to that big change. Well, I don't, I don't know about you, but I feel like every Disney movie is entertaining for the kids, but there is a much bigger message that I think is there meant for parents and for the older audience as well. I think that's uh, in a lot of Disney movies, um, that that seems to be something that they do latch on. An entertaining show for the kids, but a bigger meaning for the older generations and something that they, be, they can maybe pick up on in a couple years when they are a little more mature. Fair enough. Uh, another problem I have with the movies, I think the movie itself has a villain problem. Who's the villain in this movie, girls? What do you think? Nobody. I th no, Laura, you said nobody? No. I think that, well, although, like, he's just mentioned a little bit, but I think the villain might be the their grandfather. 
because he's the one in the that we get when Elsa goes hmm. to like this place that is mentioned in the lullaby across the dark sea. We get she sees him and sees that he started the fight. So I think that he might be a little bit of a villain here. But I agree that there's not a big villain like Hans or in other movies. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think you bring up a good point that I don't think I actually considered of who the antagonist is or why things continue to move forward. I never really gave that much thought until you just said that now. Yeah, I think it's because what they're struggling against is themselves. But they're struggling against change. Yeah. Yeah, wrestling with certain parts of themselves that they're uncomfortable with, this longing that Elsa is feeling, right? That's uh, this voice that she hears. How many times in your life have you heard a voice and you, yeah. ha- you had to follow? Like, she's struggling against that. I agree with Madeline. Their grandfather is a big, fat jerk. <laughs> he is a big, fat jerk. But as a villain, like, he died years ago, so it's not like they have to fight him or get past him. Uh, so, I again, I think this fits with the whole idea of a super dark movie where there isn't an external villain, but the, the the demons are inside of the characters and they have to sort that out, which is super heavy for a kid movie. Each character individually has to overcome some internal struggle. I see that now. I see that in each one of those. I could probably pinpoint it in all four of our main characters in that. Yeah, because in like Olaf is struggling with change, Elsa has this voice. Um, Kristoff wants El- to marry Anna, but doesn't know how to get about doing that. I also thought that was funny when he kept messing up. When he, like, kept messing up yeah. to propose. I, oh, yeah. I think it was funny when he took out the ring, but tried not to let Anna see it. And I think it was funny that she never got to see it until the very end. I think it was a happy end. Oh, it's definitely a happy ending. I mean, they can't get around that. It's a Disney movie. They have to give us a happy ending. Um, But I liked Kristoff a lot better in Frozen 1 when he was like this rugged rogue, uh, this guy from the wrong side of the tracks. You didn't know if you should trust him. And now this time he's a bumbling idiot singing power ballads in the woods and not knowing how to propose. And his bromance with, what's that dude's name, Ryder? That escalates awfully quickly. Well, like, they there. both like reindeer, and that's they it. both can make the reindeer talk. I mean, that's their thing. Yeah. Again, he's such a simpleton in this movie. There was more to him. There's more grit, more grist for the mill in Frozen 1. All right, I don't want to get political on a podcast for school with three young ladies joining us, but did the grandfather and his foreign policy remind anybody of a certain, I don't know, political leader in maybe our country currently? Did anybody get that connection? I, I don't know that we should go there right now, to be honest with you, Mr. Castagna, because I think we all have our opinions. Look, all I'm going to say is there are people just outside of their kingdom who practice a different religion. That would be magic. Uh, and they decide the best way to handle that situation is to build a uh, build a dam. Not a wall, but a dam. Right. I, I, I mean, I can't help but think that that was intentionally put there uh, by, by the Disney creators and animators and story writers. I mean, there's definitely a, a piece of um, political ties to that particular part of the movie. Again, like really serious political commentary about immigration, foreign policy, and intolerance in a kid's movie. I just wanted to escape for two hours with my daughter. 
But again, it's for us too. It can't just be for the kids. It's got to be and, and reach the adults that are there as well. For us to what? Not be able to escape politics when we watch kids' movies? I know. <laughs> throw me a bone. Have Olaf make a couple of off-color jokes the kids aren't going to get. But, dude, I need, I, I need a break from the pandemic. I need a break from the politics. I need to have fun when I put on an animated movie. Speaking of Olaf jokes, yes, I found some of them really funny. Okay, so um, I'm going to pause right there because that's one of our categories. As anybody who's been listening to this series of Streaming with the Spartan Life knows, the way we approach these movies is we break them into categories and then we nominate parts of the movie in each of those categories. So let's go with Olaf's best joke. That'll be our first category. Madeline, which one did you like best? I like the one when Olaf said... Did you know that turtles breathe out of their butts? I have that on my list. That was really, really funny. And I think it's when they're in the cave and things are looking really bad. And Anna says, you know, cheer me up. And he says something about turtles breathing out of their he butts. He goes, turtles breathe out of their butts. And I, find, and I found a way out. Yeah, that's right. And he found a way out. I just think that was funny how he, like, brightens, like, the dark room when things are down. Yeah. He's the comic relief. That's what he's supposed to do. And that particular joke, I love any joke about butts. And it was about turtle butts and breathing through turtle butts. That's hilarious. And it was bonus because I didn't even know what it, I didn't even know that fact. Oh, so do you think it's true? Do you think it's a fact that turtles breathe through their butts? I'm not sure. I never actually thought about searching it up. But I'm pretty sure that they wouldn't really put false facts into a Disney movie. False facts? Do you mean false facts or fake news? <laughs> Enough with the politics, Mr. Right, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They, look, they, they, they pushed me there. The makers of Frozen 2 made me go there. Because if they're putting a, if they're putting something that's not true into a Disney movie, the kids might repeat it. And so I honestly think that could be true. Okay, that's a good point. That logic holds, I think. Okay. They don't want to make kids dumber and fill their heads with false facts. Um, maybe existential dread, uh, maybe pol strong political opinions, uh, but definitely not false facts. We don't want to fill kids' heads with false facts. I, I have, in fact, um, just done a quick Google search, and it is a fact. Turtles do, in fact, breathe out of their butt. <laughs> wow. However, it's a uh, technical term is, I think it's um, colloquial respiration. And wow. it's not so much breathing as just diffusing oxygen in and carbon dioxide out. But the fact remains, when turtles hibernate, their main source of oxygen is through their butt. <laughs> you know, it's funny, now that I know the term for that, I can, I can more clearly describe that last night we ate nachos. And then I experienced some colloquial <laughs> respiration as well. Mostly the, the exhaling of the carbon dioxide, if you get my drift. I, I get what you're, I, I'm picking up what you're putting down there, buddy. All right. So I'm glad we can hear each other and see each other, but it's a good thing we can't smell each other, if you know what I'm saying. This isn't smeller vision. <laughs> Evelyn, what about you? You have a favorite joke of Olaf's? Movie, kind of. Oh, you mean the scene at the very, very uh -huh. end? 
Okay, she's talking about the post-credit scene is what she enjoyed and liked the post-credit scene. We didn't yeah. hang around for the post-credit scene. Tell us what happens. So what happens is Olaf is back at the Ice Palace with, oh, what's his name? Marshmallow. Marshmallow and all the mini snowmen. Who's Marshmallow? Is he the big snowman? Yeah. He's the okay. big guy that Elsa creates to get Kristoff and Anna out. I didn't know he had a name. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it's a throwaway line that Olaf has when he's running down the hill. Hey, and Marshmallow, we were just talking about you. Right. <laughs> all good things, all good things. And, all so, right. and so he talks to them, and just like when Olaf talks earlier to the people in the Enchanted Forest, he does that same thing, but about Anna and Elsa's journey to the Enchanted Forest. So now he sums up Frozen 2. For a character. Yeah. Ah, okay. And oh, Evelyn, you like that? You thought that was the funniest part? Yeah. So, yeah. So you really liked that? I did too. That was fun. Lorelai, what about you? Do you have a favorite joke that we when haven't talked about yet? In the, in, in when he's in the woods and he says, Samantha? I don't even know a Samantha. <laughs> that, yeah. Lorelai, that's actually the same one that I had written down there. Because he's calling all these names and all of a sudden it's Samantha. And it's like, wait a minute. I, don't even, I thought that was hilarious as yeah, well. I, I like that too. I don't even know Samantha. And then the reference in his song that he sings as well. Um, oh, when he's looking down the hole, he says Samantha again. So the callback to that. I agree. The callback really sells it. It actually threw me for a second because, you know, kids movies, I don't necessarily give my full attention to a kids movie. And I thought I missed that there was a character named Samantha until he reacts and realizes there's no Samantha. Very funny. Uh, so yeah. that was your pick too, Mr. Halp? Yes, that is. All right. Uh, the only other one I have down is when they are in the wagon heading toward the forest and he decides to entertain them with trivia. And some of his that trivia reminded, tidbits. That reminded me of uh, that, that scene from Jerry Maguire. Yes, I thought the same thing. Do you remember any of those lines from Jerry Maguire? Uh, did you know dogs and bees can smell fear? You know the human head weighs eight pounds? <laughs> yeah, hilarious. My hilarious. next door neighbor has three rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anything else to add for Olaf's best joke? Uh, anything else? I can't think of any. Okay. All right. I'm going to go with turtles can breathe through their butts. We all seem to really warm up to that one. And it taught us new vocabulary. We're able to look it up. The Spartan Life is not only entertaining, it is also educational. <laughs> yes, this is a school-related podcast, so uh, if we could teach you some new things, that's good. Okay. Let's uh, take it back to basics here. Uh, what do you think was the best scene? So we talked about Olaf's best joke. Now we're moving on to the category of best scene. When we do this with grown-ups, uh, we call it the scene that took my mind off the international pandemic. Uh, we're going to keep it a little... We're going to do what Disney didn't do. We're going to make it less dark for the kids and just say best scene. So what was your favorite scene, guys? I, I, I'll start because I'm probably going to be in the minority here. I thought Kristoff's power ballad was hilarious. Oh. I, remember, I remember watching that in the theater and just saying... Are we really going to do a power ballad in Frozen 2? And and then um, yes, we did do a power ballad in Frozen 2. And I, I, my girls don't understand, and we're laughing hysterically at me, who was trying to stifle my laughter in the theater. And I thought again during the rewatch, it still made me laugh out loud. We have a category coming up later called "Wait, What?" 
which is nitpicks about plot points, uh, plot holes, any issues with characters not behaving that they the way they normally would. And I actually have some nitpicks with that song when we get to that category. Uh, I love the idea. I love that they're trying to make it an 80s power ballad, uh, but it doesn't quite hit the mark. Like, I want high-pitched vocals. I want squealing guitars. And instead, we get something that kind of sounds like a song by Survivor. Right. So I'm totally, I, I totally agree with everything you just said. It just was the, um, it, it caught me off guard. And the fact that I was not expecting it to be there made me laugh and overlook some of the things that you just mentioned. All right. So who else has a best scene they want to tell us about? Lorelai's got one? Go ahead, Laura. Um, I liked when they were going into the Enchanted Forest and there were, and Olaf was trying to get in, but he couldn't get in, so he kept doing he kept going into the um, fog and then he kept doing like backflips out of the fog. Yeah, that was one of mine. I actually had two, but we already talked about this earlier. It was Olaf telling the funny stories. I have that in best scene as well. I think it's a really strong moment. I agree. I I also agree with Lorelai. That was pretty funny when Olaf kept trying, but he didn't make it, and then kept trying. Every time he gets bumped back out, he lands in a different shape. Yeah. (laughs) What about you, Evelyn? Do you have a favorite scene? uh Uh-huh. Uh, my favorite scene is when um, they went to the boat and found the map. Oh. And, and then she has to do where to go. Yeah, that's a pretty good scene. Again, they learn a lot of hard truths about their parents. Those yeah, parents were keeping parents some secrets. When said they were going to like a wedding, I think that's what we knew. But they were really trying to help Elsa get answers. Yeah. So they sacrificed, they sacrificed their life for Elsa. Uh, that's a really positive way to look at it, yeah. So they were lying for good reasons. That's a good point. All right. Uh, I like when Elsa crosses the dark sea mm-hmm. and she tames the water horse. Really, uh-huh. really intense, cool action sequence. And uh, Mr. Halp, you might remember this. It reminded me of Tom Hanks in Castaway. Right. Minus the boat. Minus the boat. Minus the boat. But he finally has, like, that thing he can use as a sail, whatever it was, piece of sheet metal or whatever. And, like, multiple times he's trying to crest that last wave and get out onto the high seas. I was waiting for Elsa to turn to Wilson and start screaming stuff. It's very similar to the way Moana has to get off of her island as well. I, I saw a lot of similarities there, except, you know, instead of clear blue Caribbean sea, uh-huh. it was really dark Arctic ocean, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Good point. I, also, I feel like people are, like, thinking negative, like, oh, Elsa's not going to do it. Oh, no, what'll happen? But then all of a sudden, they, she sees a figure, but then she starts fighting it thinking it's just trying to put her off. So I liked there how that kind of... I, I do like, I like the determination that Elsa had. She was going to get off of that island no matter how many times she almost drowned. I like the, I like the pulling up the, 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 her sleeves that aren't really there. I like her digging in her feet before she like really launches herself into the ocean. Putting I do think, yeah, right, right. That's exactly right. I would yeah. rather take my chances out there on the sea than to stay here and die. Oh, right. sorry, that was, that was Castaway. That wasn't, that's not a line from Frozen 2, but it's like the same scene. All right, so I think we're all in agreement that the best scene in this movie is anytime Olaf recounts the plot of Frozen or Frozen 2 in the post credit sequence. So we're all big fans of Olaf, I think. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, now you guys got to be critical. You really got to think about this. And even though you really like the movie, you got to be honest about it. Next category is worst scene. We do it with the adults. We call it, I checked my cell phone when, which means you get bored and you start looking at your phone because the movie's not holding your interest. So were there any moments like that where you kind of lost interest or spaced out a little bit? Uh, my least favorite scene was when uh, Olaf and Elsa died, and then they came back. That's my worst scene, so I didn't like it. Yeah, that's that's kind of a bummer. Um, when does Elsa die? Remember, she becomes frozen when she goes to the um when she sees them, him about to kill the other guy to stretch the war. Yes, yes, yes. Gotcha. Okay. Yes. It's good. And, then and Olaf starts to disappear. Olaf, I remember that was very emotional when he starts to flurry. Yeah, and I think it's because of the fire. Yeah. No, I no, it's I think it's because El, if Elsa freezes, all her magic goes away. And so then Olaf, uh, Elsa is kind of keeping Olaf up. So when Elsa dies, quote unquote, it could probably be the the fire too, because that's very hot. Yeah. You're you're sticking to that interpretation, right? Has, that the fire has something to do with it. You go, girl. She has magic to keep Olaf. That's why he's alive in the summer and fall and every part, every season. So that so when Elsa's magic starts disappearing, Olaf starts disappearing. Yeah. I loved when Olaf comes back at the end because they had set it up so nicely that water has memory. Right. And so uh, oh. she's able to craft him again out of the water that remembers. It's really good. All right. So that's a really good pick for worst scene because we don't want to see bad things happen to our favorite characters. Anybody else have a worst scene? I, I um, thought when the uh, wind and the flame scene, when Elsa is trying to put out all of the fires in the forest, I just, that, that I didn't understand how we have these personifications of the four elements. And wind is just, well, wind. It's not an actual physical being. Right. I had a little bit of a problem with that. Um, every time that, you know, Gale, there, I, I thought of it. Gale came around. It's like, why could we not have a personification for the wind? We have a personification for all of the other three elements. Why not that one? And then all of a sudden, we got to fight wind and fire, and it just, I don't know, it just bothered me. I have the same scene. Uh, because there's a lot of action, there's a lot going on, but for some reason, I got completely bored with it. Right. And you're right, some of the stuff they come up with, not terribly clever. Uh, uh, fire lizard, kind of random, kind of weird. Oh, it was so cute. Cute, but weird. Uh, and it goes on a long time. Like, the goal is to find the voice, and they end up in the forest, and they stay there for like 25 minutes with these people who have been at war for 34 years, but... It's, I guess it's a ceasefire yeah, tonight. I don't know what's going on. Uh, and then and then Kristoff and Ryder bond, and they stage this elaborate proposal that, of course, doesn't work. Like, And I kept thinking, how long are we going to stay? Like, the point was to go and find the voice. And at one point, Anna reminds us. Her line is, the goal is to find the voice, find the truth, and get us back home, as if she's reminding the screenwriters in the audience, oh, yeah, that's right. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Right. I I honestly I think that I agree that when they're in the forest, I'm like, how long is this gonna go? Are they gonna get out? Like, cause 
I agree that the that their main goal is for Elsa and Anna together to find the voice. Yeah, but so I was like, what? There, I think the extra some of the extra stuff was not as necessary. Totally. Have you guys seen The Wizard of Oz? You know The Wizard of Oz, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember a scene where Dorothy like takes a break and has a random picnic in the woods for twenty minutes. She but, stays on the yellow brick road because that's could, the plot. It could be the poppy field scene where they all fall asleep and take a nap. That's a little bit... I, I don't know if that's not in the TV edit of the movie. It's in the actual extended edition. Yeah, it gets cut from certain versions, right? Because even that, which is just a brief... And, and it's, it's totally related to the plot. That's the Wicked Witch coming after them. So that works better than this does in Frozen 2. But even that they felt was too slow... And it was too off-topic, and uh, and they would cut it from certain versions. Agreed. All right, let's get back to positive. So for best character, are we all in agreement that it's Olaf? Is that everybody's favorite character? Yeah. Has to be. Has yeah. to be. I like Olaf, and uh, I also like Elsa, too. You like Elsa? You like Elsa better than Anna? She's your favorite princess in the movie? Yeah, kind Why? Of. Why? Why do you like her better than Anna? I like her magic. Mm. Her magic is cool. That's why I like the crossing of the dark sea so much because she has to use so much of her ice powers to navigate yeah. those waters and get across. I also like the lizard, the fire lizard, because he was really cute. He's cute. But he was really cute. No, my favorite character is Olaf. <laughs> yeah, and the fire lizard does not get a name, right? No. No, no just but, fire lizard. But we give the, the wind that blows the leaves a name. That's Gale. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that the fire lizard bigger than that, and I think the fire lizard should have a name too. Like I think it would be funny if Olaf named the fire lizard. Well, Madeline, I'm giving you that opportunity right now on the Spartan Life podcast. What should we name the fire lizard? Huh, that's a big one. Maybe blue. Is he blue? He is blue. He's blue. He's like a teal, right? Kind of like a greenish blue. So just call him blue. All right, I like it. You're my yeah, boy, I'm Blue. Kind of kind of purplish. Anybody else want to want to nominate a name for the fire lizard? I was gonna go with Bert. Bert. Why? Bert. Yeah, I don't know. Just popped I, into my head. I could also name him Fire because he also he makes a lot of fire. Boy, I tell you, Evelyn, you just cut right to the chase. You just go right for like this is what it's gonna be. Like he's got fire on him. We're calling him Fire. Makes sense. I can't argue with that logic. Any other characters you want to nominate as a potential best character? Or are we all just going with Olaf? We're just going to go with Olaf. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I agree with Olaf. I just want to give a shout out to Lieutenant Matthias because he's played by Sterling K. Brown from This Is Us, and I love that dude. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my wife looked at me and said, uh, is that Randall? Randall? I said, yes, it is. Yeah. Lorelai and I have a funny Randall story. Right, Goose? Mm-hmm. What do we do? We did a workout called the pyramid that he um, that he showed us how to do. Uh, it's a YouTube series, uh, how to work out like, or like this is my workout, and one was Sterling K. Brown, who, for a guy who plays like a nerdy sort of dude on This Is Us, ripped. Yeah, nice. Anyway, shout out to Sterling K. Brown, but Olaf is definitely the best character. Who's the worst character? I, I, I said Gale. I uh, couldn't stand the wind. Like, that was totally pointless. I agree. I also said Gale. Weird idea. Weird character. Yep. So I was um, thinking that 
I know that, like, all the Arendelle soldiers and, like, some of the other, well, I don't know what they're called, but the people who go in the Magic Forest. Uh, is that, is that North, um, North Umbria? What is it? North Aldra? North Aldra. So the North Aldrans? Yes. Yeah. I there are some name I, issues in this movie, too. We'll talk about like that. The one, like the one of the island that's across the Dark Sea. Ot Otta Holland? <laughs> yeah. It's, like, hard to say. But okay, so tell me more about them, Madeline. I think that some of the characters were not necessary in there. Some of them don't really do anything, and they're just extra. I mean, now it's good to have extra, but I think too much is enough. Because, I mean, it could be like a tribe, but I don't know. I just don't think some of them are necessary. Uh, yeah, seems like a lot, a lot of characters we don't get to know, and yeah. uh, I feel bad for them. Because that just means they've been in that woods for 34 plus years, and they don't even get a line of dialogue to tell us how they're feeling about that. Yeah, yeah. Any other bad characters? Not really. I'll be honest. I got a little frustrated with Anna at times. She's a real buzzkill. She's like, Elsa, don't go follow this voice. Don't go, you know, do the plot to this movie or anything. And, oh, don't try to be yourself. Just stay here where it's safe and you can do the same thing all day, every day. And I was like, dude, leave her alone. You're not her mom. She's she's trying to keep everything the same. Yeah. That's her very much. Her, her goal throughout the movie is to, to maintain norms, to keep everybody exactly the way it is because... She lost her sister. Her sister went off and did her own thing in Frozen 1. And now everybody's together. Everyone's happy. Everybody love each other. We're all playing charades. And <laughs> I want to keep it this way because everything's happy this way. And but Elsa hears a calling and wants to go. But Anna's like, no, you have to stay. And we have to stay together. So she's fighting throughout the whole movie. So I'm going to tell you that every single one of her actions that you're frustrated with, I think, are because she wants to hold everybody close and keep it the same. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't make her any less annoying. <laughs> On the other hand, Elsa, she's pretty reckless at times. Remember when she makes that ice boat that she throws her sister and Olaf into and it slides down the hill? Yeah. That could easily kill somebody. I just don't get it. Yeah. yeah like Anna and Elsa want, or Anna, not, I shouldn't say Elsa, but Anna wants to keep her sister with her 24-7. Yeah. That's like, a bit much. Like, what if your sister wanted you with her 24-7? I mean... Oh, we kind of call that the past three weeks. Oh, how about it, man? I relish quiet time now, because there is none. I think me and my sister often do different things, but I think that if we were side by side all the time, I think it could get a little annoying. Yeah. yeah. Because, like, yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I think... I've made a pretty good case for why Anna is a pretty bad character at times, but definitely not worse than Gail. Gail's the winner of worst character. Dumb idea, dumb character. She's a pile of leaves. It's stupid. Yeah. All right, Madeline, you do some singing and dancing, right? Like, that's your thing? Yeah. What was the last show you were in? Um, I was in Christmas Carol. Cool. And right now, if we weren't restricted to our homes, you had a part in what musical? Frozen Junior. You just blew my mind. So, like, you know all about this stuff. You were going to be in the show. I'm sorry. I'm, you will I'm be in the too. show once we straighten this all out and we get back to actual normal life. Yes. So you like the singing and dancing. 
You tell me then, from your expert opinion, what's the best song in the movie? I think that the best song is Olaf's song. When he's, when I'm older. I like when I'm older. It reminds me a lot of In Summer. Yes, I was actually humming the two in my head, and yeah. they are remarkably similar in, 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 the tune is remarkably similar between the two. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, when I was uh, studying I um, and practicing, I was actually listening to both of the songs. Yeah. And I listened to When I'm Older and then In Summer, and I was like, whoa, these are really similar. Yes. They're even similar in tone. They are both ironic. Uh, with In Summer, he's wishing he could do all these things in summer, not realizing that he would just melt into a puddle if he was alive during summer. And in When I Am Older, he's talking about how everything will make sense when he's older. And of course, Mr. Halp, the reality is, especially with what's going on right now, you don't know anything more when you're older than what you knew as a kid. You just, you got more experience and you do your best. It just becomes way more complicated. <laughs> All right, I have to get my charger anyway. You want to run and get the okay. phone charger, or the uh, laptop charger? Where is it? Uh, I think it's on the kitchen table. All right, and quit making such random noises over here with your water bottle and your pretzels. All right, am I still frozen? You are. Uh, try to pause your video and then uh, redo it. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, okay. No, how, do I, how do I pause? Do I end the call? Uh, no, it's the icon beside it. It's like the little oh. video camera. Got it. Okay, now come back. Come back. Come back. Give me a second. Okay, all right. Plug my laptop in. You got it there, Goose? Okay. You good? Okay. All right. He's, he's recording. I mean, Am I back? You are not yet. I see your nice uh, flash shirt, though. Oh, it's MTV. <laughs> oh, is it? I want my MTV. Okay, got it. What's that? No, we, I don't know whether this this audio will be cut out. We won't do this part, dude. I don't. I still don't see it. Not that that really matters, but. Ah, huh. that's a bummer. I can see you. Yeah. Hmm. That's weird. Wait, what's your picture? What's your picture? My picture is me. That's me. Okay. <laughs> That is wild. Is that you looking at the laptop camera? That's uh, someone had a lens for their um, phone and said, "Take a pic. Let me take a picture with this cool lens that they attached to their phone." And that's the picture they took, and they sent it to me. And I said, "Okay, I'll keep it." It's pretty wild. Yeah. So I don't know, dude. I don't. I don't see you. Not that that matters. Like I said, but no, it does matter. Uh, it's okay. I, I like seeing the people that I'm talking to. Okay. I agree. You get something more out of it. I mean, the whole idea is we can't see each other during these times of social distancing. That's exactly right. So it's nice to be able to see. How about if I end the call? Well, why don't you end and come back in and see what happens? All right. So good? No. Hey, there you are. You're back. Yes. Woohoo! I know our audio is still good. You can still hear us. We're still good, man. I can hear you. We're still recording. All good. We have to do this more often. Yeah, that's yeah, a good idea. Like I like it. And when this is all over, we should definitely get together in person. I think it'll be fun. Oh, 
Can you imagine what that's going to be like? Everybody, mass exodus from their homes. Oh, my God. Everybody's going to be so socially awkward, though. Like, it's going to be... You're going to be out for 10 minutes and be like, I think I have to get home now. I don't I don't know what to do. Am I supposed to hug you, high-five, elbow you, kick you in the... Ducka, 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 ducka. Oh. I'm hip. I'm cool. I'm with it. All right. So what were we talking about? Best song? Okay. So you were talking about how you like all our song, and then we criticized it for being so much like in summer. Okay. Yeah. Evelyn. Do you have a song that you like best from Frozen 2? Yes, I do. What do you like? Uh, my favorite song is... Uh, my favorite song is... Uh, uh, I like Madeline's favorite song, too. And I also like... Um, I also like when... Um, when she's in the cave. I like that song. Oh, in the cave. Wow. Yeah. The cave song. Wow, um, you like the dark stuff. My goodness. Well, the one right after Olaf dies, I've seen dark. No, I think it's the one where Elsa's in the, the bottom of the yeah. cave. Yeah, oh, she's... Elsa. Yeah, oh, like when Elsa's in the, the bottom of the cave. Know. Is that yeah. show show yourself? Yeah. Show yourself. Okay, I thought you meant the next right thing. Which is super yeah. grim and dark. That's a really tough hang. Where it's, yeah. really, it's really about just like falling into the abyss where there's no hope whatsoever. Yeah, yeah and that, that actually, um, that one is my worst song. That I agree. Be- I have that under worst song as well. Because again, this is a kid's movie. Yeah. Very dark. Very, very dark. Very dark. I agree. Mr. Alp, do you have a most favorite song? I, I liked Into the Unknown. I like that. I, I like that. I didn't think it was trying too hard to be anything other than a brand new song that we're going to give you. Um, it was trying to be, I think, the new Let It Go for this movie. Um, but I, I did enjoy it. I did Into the Unknown would be my favorite. And as the, like Let It Go, it, Let It Goes, I have to say, Let It Goes away better than Into the Unknown, if you're comparing. But Into I, the I Unknown agree. I think Let It Go is head and shoulders above any song in this movie. Uh, not yeah. because the songs in this movie are bad, but because Let It Go is such a classic. It is a great, great song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Lorelai, do you have a favorite? Yeah, um, I had Some Things Never Change. That's a nice one from the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Why'd you like that one so much? Um, because I liked, like, the way the video went with it and, like, how the mu- movie went with it and, like, what the... Um, how the stuff was actually changing as, and she was trying to pull Olaf away from the stuff so that he didn't look at it. Yeah, I think Mr. Hout mentioned that earlier, right? That all the things that they're saying don't change are literally changing right in front of us. They're falling apart. They're dying because this is such a dark movie. <laughs> I, I think that that song delivers a great message to the story. Oh, what do you think the message is to the story? I'd love to hear this. Um, I... I think the message could be like, hmm. that's a hard one. <laughs> I'm not prepared for that one. Yeah, I think the message of that song is, hey, it's it's all good. Everything dies. <laughs> oh, everything changes. And I, I, again, I don't, I think by the time we get to the end of the movie, we realize change is not, it is scary, yeah. but it's not horrible. And, and that you have to, and, and 
that you have to like accept change. That it's a natural thing that happens. Well, there you go, Madeline. Uh, through our discussion, you arrived at a conclusion as to what the message of that song is. Very nicely done. Very good argument. Uh, yeah, and remember, Olaf does learn by the end of the movie that there is one thing that is permanent. And when everything else around you is changing because everything's always changing, there's one thing you can count on. Do you remember what it is? Love. Yeah. And that, I think, is a really powerful and bright message for an otherwise very dark movie. <laughs> All right. Any other songs we like that we want to talk about? All right. How about songs we don't like? Worst song. I'm going to start off because, Mr. Halp, you're going to hate this. But I don't like Lost in the Woods. Which is the power ballad that you like. Same. I, I like this scene because it was unexpected. I, it, again, didn't make my favorite song in the movie. And I'm okay with you not liking it. I like the placement of it in there as, as just one of my favorite scenes. But Clever again. idea. I mean, I love a, an 80s power ballad more than anybody. Uh, but totally slows the movie down at a time when the movie's already moving too slowly. And we've kind of forgotten what the mission is. And the plot has kind of been derailed. And again, they're going for, like, Poison or Motley Crue. But it comes out sounding like Chicago or Survivor. We looked up a song when we were watching the movie, right, Goose? By Survivor called The Search Is Over. And as soon as I played it, Lorelai said, oh, that's the same song. And it's not the same song, but it's kind of more of, like, pop rock than it is, like, 80s hairband power ballad. And that's what I wanted. Yeah. I think that the song Rainiers Are Better Than People is very short, and I don't think that's necessary. Yeah, of all the songs that we could bring back from Frozen 1, why that one? Yeah, of all the songs to pick from, all the great songs in Frozen 1, you choose that one? Like... Well, but that's his excuse to get all of the reindeer to be his backup singers. That's, that's the excuse. We can get the reindeer in that way. Because that was into the power ballad. That was right before he went into um, into Lost in the Woods. How about uh, how about a new song where he sings to reindeer? Right, that would be good, as opposed to a retread of something from Frozen One. Yeah. What else? Any other songs we don't like? Lorelai, Evelyn. Um, my least favorite song um, is also Lost in the Woods. Yeah, you didn't like that one either. Same. Yeah. All right, you and me, Evelyn, we're on the same page. I didn't like it either. <laughs> didn't like that one either? Okay. All right. Uh, so I guess we'll all agree that uh, Mr. Halp is wrong and the rest of us are right. Lost in the Woods is the worst song from Frozen 2. Now, this one's a little different. We haven't done a category like this yet on streaming with the Spartan Life. This category is called The Character That Reminds Me the Most of My Dad, My Daughter, or myself. Anybody want to go first? Mm-hmm. Oh, Evelyn's raising her hand. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's an audio only podcast, so I got to call that out. Evelyn reminds wants to jump you in. Of myself. Who? What? Elsa. Reminds you of you. Uh-huh. How are you like Elsa? Because we kind of have the same color hair. Mm. Yes, and I see you wear it long like she does. And as I look at you uh, through the Google Hangout, you do have Elsa-esque hair. All right. Are you like Elsa in any other ways? Um, um, our uh, skin is the same color. Okay. 
All right, very good. Same skin tone as the Disney princess. Very good. I will I will say that I do believe that Evelyn has a, a very strong personality. I do think that that would be something that I would say she's also similar, similar to Elsa with. I, yeah, and I think Elsa is very pretty like me, and we both like to. <laughs> wow. Mr. Haub, you got a lot to deal with over there, man. She's going to be a handful in a couple of years. So much. So much to deal with. Uh, Madeline, how about you? What do you think? Which of these characters reminds you of yourself or your dad? Um, my dad. Who? Which character? Olaf. <laughs> how is Mr. Haup like Olaf? Well, I think in some parts Olaf tries to be funny. But it doesn't really turn out as... (laughs) I thought you were going to say that he tells a lot of funny jokes like Olaf, but no. (laughs) Olaf reminds you of your dad when Olaf tells a joke that isn't funny. (laughs) See, kids? See, kids? It's not just in the classroom. It's at home, too. Wow. Wow. That's great. That's a hot take. And sometimes he's funny. Sometimes. He tells a really funny joke that makes us laughing. Yeah. All right. Lorelai, anybody in this uh, movie remind you of yourself or your dad or anybody? Um, I think Kristoff reminds me most of my dad because he does funny impressions of Sven and my dad does funny impressions of my dog, Bodie. Yes, I do that. I, that's a good point. Very nice connection. I do often do the dog's voice. So it'll be well, like, hey, be Bodie. If you in the house, you have to have someone to talk to, right? That's, it. that's who I bond with. Yeah, and uh, he's, uh, he's getting up there in years. Pretty soon it's just going to be me. I don't know what I'm going to do. Not if we get a puppy like I asked you to. Well, if we're getting a puppy, it's going to be a boy puppy. Okay. All right. But we're not getting a puppy. Hey. We're not getting a puppy. Hey, you said. No, I said if. If we get a puppy, it would be a boy puppy, but we're not getting a puppy. Did you follow all that? Why did you say if? How about a little. Wait, wait. Let me reach in my pocket. I've got a little bit of. I've got a whole bag of. With your name on it. I'm going to ask you, Dad. Who do I most remind you? Oh, here we go. I I honestly, despite the fact that my daughter does in fact have red hair, I think that Madeline actually has a lot of Anna's personality traits as well. So I think she does remind me of Anna, um, mainly because of the uh, not wanting things to change and to cling on very tightly to norms. I think that we've discovered that that is very much a huge personality trait that she has. When things are out of whack just a little bit, she clings very hard to keep things very normal and us all together because that's what she likes the most. Wow. You must be going absolutely crazy right now, Madeline, because things are not normal. There is no routine. Uh, how, how are you holding up? I, I don't know. I'm just kind of taking it day by day and trying to make myself busy with stuff that, like reading or just doing crafts. I just try to make myself busy all the time. How so old are I'm you? How old are you, Madeline? Ten. Man, you're like a 40-year-old, 10-year-old. <laughs> but I mean that in a complimentary way. Those are really sophisticated thoughts. And you're very self-aware, too. That's good. That'll serve you well in life. There are two characters in this movie that remind me of my daughter. The first is the fire lizard. Uh, because much like the fire lizard who just appears on the screen and sets the entire forest on fire unwittingly, uh, my daughter is pretty clumsy and she tends to accidentally destroy everything around her. <laughs> that reminded me of her. 
And you mentioned earlier, Mr. Haupt, that in the crossing the dark sea sequence, Elsa's very determined. And watching Elsa try to cross that dark sea was like watching my daughter's determination and frustration cutting her confetti pancakes at the breakfast table. <laughs> and we're trying to show her how to hold the knife and her hand is the wrong way and she's cutting, cutting, cutting and somehow she can't tear through pancakes. Technically your fault. How is it my fault? You have not me that. I gave you bad instructions on how to cut pancakes. Yeah, and then mommy yelled you. Yeah. Again, I'm the minority. It's just me and the dog. And when the dog's gone, it's just me. And that's why I do the dog voice. Hey, Bodie, you got to go out? Well, I don't know, Joe. Is it time to go out? Oh, I'd like to go out. I can always go out. Yeah, the dog's right there. Here he comes. Yep, there he is. Did you say we could go out, Joe? Can we also have lunch? I'm hungry. <laughs> I'd like to eat, please. <laughs> all right. Now, let's pick this thing apart and talk about all the things that don't make sense in a category called, wait, what? So, where do you guys want to start? I'd like, let's, let's start here. Uh, the, the black box in a ship. Like, seriously, we have a little black box that's going to have a secret map that tells us exactly where we're going to go, but that's not going to be out when the ship wrecks because we weren't trying to navigate the sea or anything. Instead, we're going to take time as the ship is, I'm assuming, sinking into the ocean. We're going to take the time to put the map, wrap it up real nice, put it in a little black box, so that uh, someone can find it later? Like, what? I don't get that. In literature, that's called a deus ex machina, which is almost literally something falls out of the sky to solve a plot problem. You're right. It would not work like that at all. And I kind of like Olaf's joke. Why don't they just make the whole ship out of that same indestructible material? Because George Carlin made that joke about black box material and planes. Do you remember that? Absolutely, I do. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, a little nod to George Carlin. Yeah, that's that's a big plot hole. What else? What are some nitpicks, girls? What were we confused about? What didn't work? What didn't make sense? Um, I was thinking, like, I, as I probably said earlier, I think I did, uh, what happened in between this, in between Frozen 1 and Frozen 2? It doesn't give any information. Like, are the sisters just bonding? How are the villagers liking Elsa's powers? I mean, we know at the end of Frozen 1 how the villagers like the ice skating rink that she made, but, like, do they like her after? Do they use her to try to help them with chores that they try to do? How do they react to this? Yeah. And I want to know this a little bit. I got to think there's a, at least a small faction of people in the town who are still terrified of Elsa. Uh, who mm -hmm. has these powers she can barely control, ran off to the tops of the hills and built a big snow castle and a giant abominable snowman uh, and, and like almost destroyed the entire town. So I would think there's a little bit of tension there that you're right, Madeline, does not get explored at all. What I don't get is, uh, is that she, she makes um, all the fire go um, away, but then it comes back again. Does her ice powers, um, does her ice powers, um, like, does it melt, or then the fire come back, or, uh, that's what I look at. Yeah, her powers are a little undefined. I would agree with that for sure. Um, Mr. Hop, we talked about this a little bit before we started the podcast, but 
these people who have been in the forest for 34 plus years, what are their daily lives like? And if they were at war, how have they not all just killed each other yet? Eternal war! Except <laughs> on Thursdays. What else? What else can we pick apart? Um, I, I thought at the very end, they're way too accepting. The, the forest people are way too accepting of Elsa as their brand new queen. Yeah. No, Anna was the queen of Arendelle. Elsa is now like the one in charge of the, uh, the, oh, the forest okay. people. Way too accepting of her. Yeah, I mean, a lot of this, the themes of this movie are about acceptance, but it's like, we accept you as long as we can put our princess in charge of your kingdom. <laughs> That's right. And you're right, the forest people are like, yeah, we're chill with that. It's all good. You know, your grandfather came and started a war with us, and then we got stuck in this forest for 34 years, but yeah, you could be our queen, no problem. Yeah, sure, no problem. It does resolve itself way too easily. Uh, another nitpick I had, another wait, what? was that uh, these girls learn a lot from ice sculptures all throughout the movie. Uh, and it's made clear at the end when Lieutenant Matthias comes back and is introduced to the concept of photographs, which didn't exist 34 years ago. That makes it pretty clear that they've never seen a picture of their grandfather. And they've never seen pictures of their young father or their young mother. But as soon as they see the ice sculptures, it's our father. That's our grandfather. Not only would they not recognize those people in an actual photograph, there's no way they'd recognize them in ice sculpture form. I, I might disagree, um, simply because I was thinking that they're probably portraits in the castle of uh, at least the grandfather, um, with the with the uh, their father and mother as younger. I think that that might be a little bit of a stretch, so I might hear you there. But their grandfather, I'm sure there's a portrait in the castle somewhere of past kings because they would still be revering him as, a, as an honorable king who was uh, killed in battle, not um, the one who's trying to take over the wilderness. And it was also like, um, um, what's his name, the guy you also thought could be best character? Matthias. Yeah, he. They realized him because there was a painting, so there must be a painting of a king. Of the yeah. king. Uh, yes, yeah, you're king. right. Yeah. That does clarify for us that they had portraits. When she goes uh, up to his face and she's like putting her fingers together to make a frame, and he says, "What are you doing?" She says, "Oh, I know you from a portrait." So right. you're right. There are probably portraits of the grandfather, but I doubt they have portraits of the young king and the young queen. So that's a bit of a stretch. Uh, and then Anna learns all of the truth about what happened, what her grandfather did, by looking at one ice sculpture. And it's the ice sculpture of her grandfather and a random North Aldrin. And she looks and says, wait, that's my grandfather. He's got a sword. He must have started the war. And that North Aldrin is unarmed. Oh, my God, they were terrible victims. You would think, going back to the charade scene, that she'd be way better at charades if she could figure all of that out from one ice sculpture. Also, she did see them, like, walking and talking and stuff like that, and they were a bunch of... And they were walking and talking ice sculptures, so they that could have been another way. She had a little bit of time to figure it out. It wasn't just one ice, ice sculpture. They were walking and, like, talking. And Are you nitpicking my nitpick? Yes. All right, you win. But I do think that in it... There is an ice sculpture of her grandfather with his sword and an Athaldrin person, like, guarding his head. So that does kind of show how she could probably make an assumption. 
Oof. So you think if you're in that situation, you would have made that assumption? You'd be able to figure that all out? Well, maybe, but I'm not even sure how she recognized the ice sculpture as her grandfather. That's what I'm saying, man. I'm with you. Somebody who's, like, looks like him. Or, like, I don't know. I don't know that I'd recognize my wife in ice sculpture form. Yeah. You know, like, I'd need context. Like, she'd have to be wearing something that my wife wears or doing something that my wife would do. Yeah, and it's not colored, so you can't tell yeah. as well. Uh, and as you described the unarmed woman in the ice sculpture, you kind of tripped over North Aldrin, which does not roll off the tongue, and that's another, wait, what, that I have for this movie, is they put a lot of time and effort into creating Frozen 2 and making it perfect. <laughs> North Aldra is a weird word. Ottaholm is a weird name for a place. These do not stick with you. They do not roll off the tongue. Especially for a little kid who's trying to reference it. Yes. Well, I I know, like, Lorelai, when she was trying to say it, it was, like, kind of not, I don't know, it wasn't making sense because she's, like, forgetting. So I would think that they should have made it a little bit more simpler. Well, let's test it out. From Frozen 1, what's the name of their kingdom? Arendelle. Easy to remember, right? Where is Hans from? He's Hans of what? The Southern Isles. Easy to remember. And it's the Duke of... Weaselpound. <laughs> That's my favorite one. See? Those are clever. Those work. These other names they've come up with, they're, they're wordy. There's too many syllables. Uh, they just sound weird. But are they maybe part of Norwegian folklore? I mean, are these actual places that exist in Norwegian folklore? Wow, that's a great question. That would make a lot of sense. I just figured it was the product of a screenwriter who thought he was clever. Uh, but your explanation, I think, uh, is probably closer to the truth. Yeah, that's tr- that is true, that the names could be real, just referencing something. All right, and one final wait what. I'm going to offer this one to you, Mr. Howe. Um, so Elsa turns out to be the fifth spirit, correct? Uh, is she the fifth spirit, or is love the fifth spirit? Oh, I don't know. It was confusing. Yeah, it, she it, was the spirit. She's the, you think it's her? Yeah, it's ice, because they're all elements. And... But if it was ice, wouldn't that be said right away? Like, ice is no, the fifth spirit. No, because they didn't spirit. know or that. Or magic the that. fifth spirit. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, I just want to know if that fifth spirit is the same as the fifth element. Oh, right. And, exactly. and, and whether or not Elsa also has the sixth sense. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. maybe. She, well, she with recreating water because it has memory through these ice sculptures, she is able to see dead people. So I think she has the sixth sense. Hey, spoiler alert. Oh, sorry. Ruined everything in this very weird movie. All right. Any, any closing thoughts? Anybody have anything else they want to say about Frozen 2? I just want to say that if you watch the if you watch Frozen Two, I think you should definitely see the thing at the end of the credits. It is hilarious. That is good advice. Uh, we're gonna go back right now on Disney Plus and watch the last couple minutes so we can see the post-credit sequence. But and if you do it, the credits are very long, so just skip ahead. Oh yeah, I'm definitely gonna hit the advance button to get to it. Sure, I don't have to read who the key grip from the art department is. I can skip all of that. Yeah, I. But when we were watching the movie, we had to wait, like, forever because it's so long. 
When we went to the theater. Oh, when we went to the theater. Yeah, and I yeah. thought the people were gone by the time it came on. It came on. Like, no one even knows. And then we were like, this is totally worth it. <laughs> yeah, it takes a lot of people to make those movies. So you got to wait through a lot of names on the screen to get to that post-credit sequence. Yeah. Uh, listen, ladies, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. We literally couldn't have done it without you. I think you clarified a lot of things for me. And you made me like the movie a little bit better. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. All right. See you later, buddy. This was fun. Got to do it again. All right. Uh, pick another movie and we'll do it. Take care, buddy. Bye. All right. Absolutely. See you.